0: Welcome to the Ecolonomic Action Team podcast. Joining us today is Dr. Vicki, Dr. Victoria Dubin-Master, and she's gonna be sharing with us about health and nutrition and the importance of connecting locally and in person. So joining us with the EAT team are Areeb and Mark, they're behind the glass, you might hear their voices, and Aaron. So the EAT team is here with Dr. Vicki. And we are very glad that you joined us today. So Vicki, share with us a little bit about what inspired you to become a chiropractor, a little bit about where you are right now in the world and and, uh, what's going on with the weather.
1: Okay. Well, I became a chiropractor because my mom recommended it. She was a very sickly woman and a chiropractor helped her heal. And I wanted to actually go into nutrition because I thought that was really important at the time. And just to give you some reference, um, that was quite a while ago. That was like 40 years ago or more. So the only way you could really get into nutrition would be as a dietitian working in a hospital. And that was not what I wanted to do. And my mom as well, she got sick because of medicine and food, and she knew that was not the best option. So. Um, She recommended chiropractic for me. She was healed by a chiropractor. She got sick because of food, um, specifically sweet and low and diet foods. And um, so that started my journey into chiropractic. And I love chiropractic because it's such a diverse field. So I could focus on nutrition. I could focus on pediatrics. I could focus on sports. There's so many different parts of health that chiropractic can focus on or can be general. And it was the best decision I ever made. I'm now in my 36th year as a chiropractor. It's never boring and it's changing and exciting. And just seeing the changes that happen with my patients, if they stick with it over time, is really phenomenal and exciting. So the sooner, the better a patient starts with chiropractic. And the longer they stick with it, the more they can grow on every level, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It's a lot more than just pain relief. So Um, I moved to Vermont three, well, two years ago and um, started a new life here from Bergen County, New Jersey. I had a pretty successful practice there and gave that all up for a completely different life. So um, I, I don't regret it. And I do miss my practice and my patients and my friends, but I'm so happy I made that decision to start a new life here. And I'm still doing chiropractic, but I'm doing so many other things as well. And I'd love to share those things with you guys. I'm actually a homesteader. I have um, lots, some animals and I have land and I'm learning all these new things. At my age, that's pretty exciting to be starting a new life and learning new things. So I highly recommend it if you're thinking about it. And I can help you with that if anyone's interested. So, yeah. So, what inspired you
0: to, yeah, what inspired you to uh, trans, to move from the urban areas or the suburbs of New Jersey and head up to Vermont and become a homesteader?
1: Um, Well, I'm more than a homesteader. I feel like I'm a leader in my community, but also I am a homesteader and I'm still a chiropractor. Um, What made me do that? And that's, this is going to sound kind of silly. My favorite tree, my very only favorite tree fell on my backyard and I had no trees left. And I just couldn't take just how crowded it was and how little nature there was and how people disregarded um, nature and land completely. They just didn't care less. They just cared about having their little green lawns and, you know, their perfect landscape and I just couldn't take it anymore. So that's what (laughs) spurred now I'm surrounded by tons of trees and I have lots of land and, and every, the common thread between everyone here in Vermont that I know is they just love the mountains and the trees and the green. So, and, you know, a lot of us are doing homesteading and supporting each other through community, which is what I think is really important, especially at this time. And, history so
0: yeah so tell us a little bit about some of the animals that you have
1: on your at your homestead I have sheep I have turkeys right now we have chickens and three dogs and a cat (laughs) (laughs) so yes that's and then we have land and I'm learning how to grow food and that's really exciting and just learning how to be more self sustainable but also understanding how important we each are in the community that no man's an island we have to really be connected with other people and our other like-minded people in our community to thrive we can't do, oh I also am a beekeeper I forgot about that I started beekeeping so it's been quite oh, yeah. A yeah that's Lots great Areeb's
0: sharing the uh Meadows Bee Farm oh, yeah. uh Website is that. So, so I forgot to mention this. Podcast is that uh, I was uh, I met Vicky because I was referred to her as as a patient, and Vicky and I became longtime friends, fast friends. So, we actually had an opportunity to study together. We studied biodynamics, and we also um, taught some sustainability classes at Meadows Bee Farm. So, you want to share with us. Vicky, about Meadows Bee Farm and your connection there? Yeah, I'd love to. Because we're looking at
1: the website right there. Yeah. And Meadows oh, Bee yeah. is in Vermont, not too far away from you, right? Right. It's in Wyndham, which is southern Vermont. A good friend of mine from the town in New Jersey that I lived, um, moved up there like 17 years ago and started her farm and built a whole community around it in Wyndham, And um, I've always loved Vermont and I always wanted to get a place in Vermont. I got in just in time before the real estate market went insane, Um, but I kind of followed her out there. I didn't want to be too far from her. And she has a farm school, which I absolutely love and camp. And Lisa and I taught um, permaculture there. And um, my daughter actually runs the farm school. And that is it's just so fun seeing these young children learn such important skills uh, that most people don't have a clue what to I mean, they're not even teaching home economics or shop anymore in in high school. So kids don't know how to do anything anymore. But these kids are between the ages. Actually, they are starting at two, but really technically five to 10. How to use like dangerous tools, how to make fire, how to I'm not saying dangerous, but like most people would be scared. But Really teaching them to be fearless, absolutely fearless and um because I think fear is the common thread that our society is basically being entrained on, and that's something that's really not serving anyone at the end of the day. so starting with children is really smart; they know how to take care of farm animals, they know how to build far i'm sorry um you know build gardens and they know permaculture um cooking they work food. With, yeah. yeah, they work with
0: common <laughs> tools, right? They yes. they learn safety working with knives and shovels and caring for the trees. And, and it's
1: all done biodynamically, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they know how to make cob ovens. We made a cob oven this year together and how to cook in cob ovens and how to make apple cider and just like literally, you know, cook food from the food that they're growing on the farm. It's just, you know, there's no curiosity as to that food actually grows on earth because most people think it it grows from the supermarket. I mean, little kids don't even know where food comes from at the end of the day. Knowing how to milk a cow, things like that. A cob oven. It- <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Tell us what a cob oven is. It's made with corn and dirt and clay and um I can't tell you you know specifically but it is a lot of fun you can look it up on the internet people build homes out of cob and actually indigenous people have been doing that forever um it it's just basically earth that has specific consistency oh straw as well and um, and then it hardens and then you can actually, you know, create a whole oven where you can cook like we cooked um, apple turnovers that we literally the apples came from the farm. We crushed them and then made the little bread part of it. And the kids ate it at the end. And there's nothing more exciting to eat the food you grow and and prepare for and a little kid. especially. Yes.
0: Yeah, that sounds like fun. Sounds like that was a really fun
1: oh, yeah. time. <laughs> there's the cob ovens. Um, Oh,
0: they can be styled. It looks like they can be styled in all kinds of different ways. I I know a little little bit about them, but I think they're supposed to be really heat
1: efficient, right? Is that true? Definitely. And they really are easy to make. And kids, it's so much fun for kids because they're getting in the dirt. And that's another thing. Kids need to be connected with the earth and to get dirty. I mean, that's something that frustrated me in the the suburbs too, is that parents didn't want their kids to get dirty. That really... I mean, we live in dirt here in Vermont and our houses have lots of dirt and people don't care. But I just remember, you know, the sterilization of everything and in, in more of the suburb city type of places that just creates a lot of stress that we need to, like, get over that, I think, at the end of the day. So
0: well, you're also the author of a book, The Miracle Within, that, um highlights your holistic approach to health, and and you have a whole chapter in there about nutrition, right?
1: Well, I have a chapter on the paleo diet. I have a chapter on um, intermittent fasting, and like I would, if I were to redo the book, I would add, you know, a lot more chapters on more indigenous diets because I'm as because the thing is, food is constantly changing. You know, what people are learning about food and so we need to have an open mind. And really our ancestors knew more than we do, and definitely more than we're being taught in school or and by the our doctors, unless they're more holistic. So um Weston A Price taught me a lot. And Weston A Price, that's a um organization. And maybe you guys could put the link up for the organization. WestonAPrice.org. It's a nonprofit based on The work of, I have his book. Oh, where is it? Oh, man, my books are everywhere. But anyway, here it is. This guy. He's a dentist from the early 1900s. And he traveled the world trying to figure out why dental health was declining so rapidly with his patients. And so that is all what the Weston A. Price organization, which is a nonprofit is based on and Sally Fallon, who you can see, there's an interview with her on the screen. Um, She's the founder, and I'm not sure it's been quite a while that she founded it, but it's really expanded dramatically the following and the people that are um, involved and wise traditions, you can see that podcast, that's an incredible podcast, and you can learn so much if you just listen to the podcast, actually Meadowsby Farm, um, Lee Marinoff, who owns the farm, did a podcast on the farm school. And she's, this was like three years, three or four years ago, maybe three years ago. And she's still getting kids to enroll because of that podcast. So I highly recommend you hop on that podcast. And also, if you're interested, you can become a member of Weston A. Price. And I took it upon myself to um, to tell them that if you mention this podcast and my name, you can get $10 off membership. And it's only $40 a year to begin with. And you get a beautiful... You, we, get, we do four um, journals. Here, let me grab that. They're beautiful journals. And we have um, with fantastic articles that I'm always like, you can't know everything because things are constantly being discovered. So you'll just learn so much. I'm learning every month about new things that, about health. And so it's food farming and the healing arts. That's what Western A. Price is. And there's, it's just an incredible um, organization that supports farmers that are doing good farming practices supports good health and good food and really the food is about eating healthy fats you know healthy meats um good soups and there it's be, and Sally actually wrote her first book was this one nourishing traditions and there's um, so many fantastic recipes that you can learn that will improve your health raw milk raw dairy Um, and you know, it's debunking a lot of what we're told about, about dairy and meat and fat. So butter's a great fat. We, most people think it's so bad for you, but it's actually really healthy and that's not a book. So that's why I'm saying there's a lot that I could add to the book that I didn't put in, but the intermittent fasting is still a very good thing to do. And the paleo diet is fantastic. And that goes, there's extensive information in the book on those two diets. but I have other things in there too.
0: Yeah, the uh, Weston A Price Foundation, are you a chapter leader with the yes, with that I'm, organization?
1: That was a fantastic um, opportunity for me to get to know my community and to build it. And so I became um, well Lee, who I had mentioned several times from Meadowsby Farm, Asked me to help with her chapter because she had just started a chapter and I was the outreach person, which was the perfect, perfect job for me. So I'm calling all the people that are the other chapter leaders in the area and introducing myself. And we grew so much and got so big that we had to actually split into more chapters because. Um, there's just such a need for community and good farms and good food and good healing arts and really more than anything though it's about the community and supporting
0: the Weston A. Price Foundation and these chapters help um, farmers and consumers network together so like if people want to purchase like source food from a From a local farmer, that's how this is a source, a resource for people to be able
1: to find people in their region. Yes. So when you are a chapter leader, your main job is to put together a farm list. And so if you go on the Weston A. Price um, website, there will be a link for chapters and you can find a chapter near you. And then you contact the chapter leader, which their name and information will be on that website and ask them if you can join the chapter if it you know one that's local, or just get the farm list and in that farm list, you'll be able to connect and find out about farms near you that are doing really good farming um, and then also what products they are selling and by you supporting the local farmers in your area, you're also helping maintain food supplies that they need you to know that they they can count on you to to be a customer and you need them to know that you can count on them for good healthy food and animals that are being well cared for that are you know they're all practicing regenerative farming they're not factory farmed um, animals and you know the whole carbon thing and the not eating meat thing that's actually not in everyone's best interest at the end of the day it, it's really about how the animals are cared for and then getting good you know pro um food and animal products through your local farmers that's the best so tell way.
0: us a little bit more about what how carbon is connected to n- nutrition and personal health and environmental health like in your from your perspective and your point of view
1: okay so there's this whole thing now with the, the government and the fda and everything they're trying to get people and energy um to decrease carbon to zero by i think 20 i don't know 30 or or i don't know um, carbon is an essential um product that plants need to grow and they the the whole thing with carbon that they're trying to tell people is that when you know that cows produce carbon by farting or something and that all that carbon is you know creating a, a sick atmosphere i think i'm i'm right on that but the truth is that in factory farms the animals are horribly cared for they're sitting in their own poop and they're sick all the time and maybe the you know there's a lot of carbon in that scenario but we would i highly recommend not to eat that those cow products or those animal products and to eat um, animal products that are raised by farmers who are letting their cows graze on grass and in turn they're helping the soil and the earth because that carbon is getting retrapped into the Ground helping the plants grow better and the grass grow better. And remember that we breathe in oxygen and plants release oxygen as do trees. We need plants and trees so that we can breathe in (laughs) oxygen. And they also, um, you know, we release carbon dioxide and they also need that for life. So all these things that they're telling us about a vegan diet and reducing carbon, to, you know, having a zero carbon footprint. That's really not, it makes absolutely no sense. And as a doctor, I've seen people that are on vegan diets and they're not healthy for long term. Yes. It's okay for a short term, but do not be, I've just seen it firsthand and that people's I've done scans on people, muscle scans and their muscles are so jacked up that i don't know how they're just wasting so much energy on muscle spasm because they're just not getting what they need the minerals and the vitamins through the proper nutrition and being vegan is not you're just missing out on so much you know very vital nutrients so so tell us more
0: yeah go back and tell us more a little bit about the health and nutrition for the human body like why why it's important to source good food? Like, why do we need these biodynamic foods? And we're probably talking to the choir here because this is the Ecolonomic Action Team. But go ahead and share your, I want to hear what your uh, perspective is on that.
1: Well, I think we need to have a balanced diet that too much of anything isn't good. But according to you know, what I'm seeing now in my new life here in Vermont, and also what I've learned by being with Weston A. Price, raw dairy is is very high in A, D, and K, those um, fat-soluble vitamins, butter. So we need all those things to build a healthy body and um, so the healthy animal fats and the milk fats are vital for us to get those fat-soluble nutrients. Um, you can't really get that from a vegan diet. You're going to always be deficient. And raw is, is a really good... Um, raw dairy is fantastic because when you have dairy that's been um, homogenized and pasteurized, it's heated to the point where all the good bacteria and enzymes are lost. So that's why so many people have dairy intolerance because they're eating dairy that's not, um, that's been manipulated. It's not raw dairy. And honestly, you do need to get your body used to dairy. If you haven't had it, it takes time. You do in little, you just have it in little amounts and then after a while, there's a good chance you can regain your health from many problems. I know eczema and psoriasis are just some of the health problems. Um, even autism, a lot of autistic kids are on the GAPS diet, which is helpful to get the good microbiome in your gut balanced. So yes, um, I don't know. Was that good? Was that a good? Yeah. Answer? So
0: what are yeah. What are some of the also common- organ meats?
1: Wait, I just wanted to just share like go ahead, organ go ahead. meats are high um, nutrient foods and, you know, eating liver, heart, things like that are going to help you have really packed nutrients in your, in not a lot of um amount of food. So small amounts of liver um, and organ meats can really, you don't have to eat a lot to really get lots of nutrients. Yes. Yeah, Kefir is fantastic um, because it's fermented. Again, um, Weston A. Price is huge on fermentation because that's helping the gut to be more um, balanced with good, healthy bacteria. Yeah, so those are all great things. And you can learn so much. Even just going on the Weston A. Price website, I'm telling you, that is a huge wealth of information they have all the back issues of the journal in there. And um, if you have a health issue, you can actually put it in the search bar and you'll see all these articles that can su- help support you with some answers of how to get to the bottom of your health issue. And really food is medicine. It can be medicine or it can be you know, toxic depending on what you're eating. How can individuals make more ecological responsible food choices? Well, I think, first of all, supporting our Earth and our planet. You know, we are inhabiting this planet just like the plants and the animals. And we need a healthy, we need healthy soil and, you know, eating food that comes from the Earth that's not um, full of pesticides or, you know, all you want to have the animal um feces that sounds like a terrible word but you know that's full of healthy bacteria so getting that into the soil by you know having you're talking about
0: composting and yeah the composting. Cycle, yeah the, but also the just having visuality,
1: yeah like even just having chickens on your land and letting them be free range you're helping your soil so you can grow better food because all that chicken poop is actually food for your soil and your plants Um, also local, like sticking with locally grown foods, like wherever you live, if you live in Cal Southern California, it makes sense that you're going to want to eat a lot more fish versus up in the North, you might need more, you know, fat foods and animal products. Um, so I think ecologically just being more local and connecting with your local farmers and, um, eating this their food and also growing your own in your area foods that thrive in your area are probably going to be better for you than foods. Like for me eating avocados, I love them, but I can't grow avocados in Vermont. So it may not be as important for me to eat those as it might be for somebody who's living in like Southern California, let's say. Does that answer that's the question? great. What are
0: some yeah. of the common? Yeah, that's, that's great. What are the, some of the um common health issues that you've seen and how do they, um, you know, how is food and nutrition like influence that or and how have you um, helped people heal with food and nutrition?
1: Well, um, I think, I don't think there's a one size fits all diet. I think everyone is built differently and has different needs depending on where their ancestors are from and, you know, their past history. But um, I've studied the blood type diet. And I, I do think that's a really good um, reference point. If you can find out what your blood type is and what um, your blood type thrives mostly on. I'm an O, so that I am like the original caveman diet. So I really need to eat animal products. I've tried being vegan. I felt like I was going (laughs) to die. But I think eating some animal products, even if you, your blood type is one that doesn't need a lot, is still really important because you cannot get those vitamins from only plants. And actually um, I'm learning about a whole nother thing. I just found out about, well, here's the book, but I learned about it from the podcast Wait, I'm sorry. I have a stack of books here that I can't even, wait. <laughs> so this book, this blew my mind, Toxic Superfoods. I thought I knew a lot about nutrition until I learned about the toxic superfoods, which are high in oxalates. Um, so oxalates are these little crystals that are in plants. And some foods are very high in them, but the oxalates are there to protect the plant from predators like insects. And when we eat, just like when insects eat them, they don't, they die. Well, when we eat a too high of an oxalate diet, we can get extremely sick with like these crystals can bind to other things. And typically like kidney stones is one very easy example to understand, but Those crystals can accumulate in your joints, they can uh, attach to nerves, and you can have a huge array of symptoms just from oxalates that, and it can be extremely different from another person, but the foods highest in oxalates are beets, almonds, um, chocolate, these are all my favorite food, I have to say. Um, (laughs) Raspberries, um, blackberries, Sweet potatoes, um, spinach. I think I said that. Uh, Sorrel is actually the highest, and ch- Swiss chard uh, and beet green. So, yeah. So that it, are these blew my mind? Is
0: this <laughs> is this if if you eat too much of it, right? There's like if you eat a little bit, you're gonna, you know, everything's in moderation, right? But People have a tendency, like there's the celery diet and there's like, there people go through these, um, fads of making green shakes and things like that. So is that, um, is that what you're talking about is, is that
1: Um, when it becomes toxic? The thing is, if you have um, a health issue that you can't seem to get to the bottom of, and you're not willing to take a medication for the symptoms, you want to really just figure out how you got there. Like in my case, I've been having some, like a lot of hip pain and I'm trying to figure out how did this happen so fast? And, um, and then I look, I found out about oxalates and I'm looking at my diet and I have a very high oxalate diet. So now little by little, I'm reducing my oxalates and you can actually, it's hard to completely avoid them. There's no oxalates in dairy. There's no ox- oxalates in meat. Um, There's no oxalates in coffee. Thank God, because I love coffee. But um, so, you know, you just have to if you have some health issues that and especially kidney issues, um, this is something you're going to want to learn more about the oxalates. And I I think this woman has done an incredible job. And I mean, there's history of how like the the, um, food industry knew for years that oxalates were bad, but they didn't want to share it with the public and you can die if you eat too high of an oxalate diet. Like if you have like, you know, shakes with a ton of spinach in it for, um, you know, three shakes a day for a week. I mean, you could get so sick that you can, you know, be like feeling like you're on your deathbed. So it's important to know you know, these things. And I'm just so happy I could share it with you because this just, I just learned this myself and this book was written in 2022, but apparently the history shows that ox, I mean, a lot of our cleaning products are made with oxalates. So imagine eating your cleaning products. You are literally eating your cleaning products if you have a high oxalate diet. So, but some health issues, Mm, I mean, I think people that are on a low cholesterol diet are are going to have a lot of health issues because actually cholesterol is good for you. Um, and being on a low cholesterol diet can really destroy your, your circulatory system. Um, and that hurts me. Um, some other things, a lot of, I mean, I'm passionate about helping kids and I think kids, you know any kind of processed foods are not good, and it's really not hard to make your own food if you know you know what you're doing, and you can make food that can last different you know several days and just make you know change up how you prepare it. And one of my favorite things is broth. Um, any kind of um, animal broth with the bones. What do you recommend if you have high cholesterol? Well, first of all, look at your diet. And I mean, I'm not a doctor that can tell you what to do because, but, and I don't know how high your cholesterol is, but I know one thing that the um, values for cholesterol that are um, with the medical profession are very um, narrow. And I think that's designed to, for you to wait until you're really sick to get you, um, can't for you to start paying attention to it. So, um, but I know that you know, having cholesterol, I don't know how high your cholesterol is, but cholesterol is very important because cholesterol is, um, is like a slippery substance and it's in your blood vessels for a reason to keep them lubricated. So, if you have, um, a, a no cholesterol or low cholesterol diet. Like it's like having blood vessels that are sticky and dry, and you know that is what's gonna cause atherosclerosis and heart issues, not so much you know the and also what kind of fats are you eating so you can be eating um processed oil um vegetable oils, believe it or not, those are extremely toxic um so you wanna get your cholesterol from animal products. Um, or butter, things that are not, um, or olive oil is a good source of cholesterol, good good cholesterol. So yeah, yeah, you're such
0: a, as you're talking and sharing all this information, Vicki, it's it's making me wonder about, about like all the things that we're taught right in school. And how did you, how did you come to like, it's, it's like, we're taught, we're told and taught one thing. And it doesn't work. And then some people like find, you know, this holistic uh, approach. So what inspired you? Like, how did you, what was your journey like getting through the, were you always holistic in your approach or was that something that evolved for you?
1: I always was holistic, but I didn't know as much as I know now because the information wasn't as readily available. You know, I became a chiropractor because as I said, my mother was really sick. She had severe rheumatoid arthritis and she was on, well, they wanted to give her gold shots and all these like steroid drugs and she didn't want to do that. So she wouldn't give up until she found um, a doctor that would help her. And he was a naturopathic chiropractor and a osteopath. And um, she went on a diet and got rid of all the crap and especially the sweet and low that she was eating because she wanted, never wanted to be heavy. Um, But what we're learning now is that good fat actually helps you lose weight because it stays in your gut longer. So you're not as hungry. And if you eat, if you don't eat fat and you're eating a bunch of carbs um, what's happening is you're never satisfied and you're going to be craving sugar and sugar is not good for you. It's, pikes up your blood sugar. And then it does actually make you heavy because you're never satisfied and you're going to keep wanting more and more of those carbs. And the carbs are really not, you know, the most healthful foods. So as far as me, I've just been on this journey trying to learn about health. And I think like things are constantly being discovered every day, new things. And I think people have to be open-minded and not necessarily listen to what their doctor tells them, their medical doctor, because they don't learn nutrition in school. They're only really learning about sickness and how to treat the symptoms if it's traditional medical school. So you're better off going to somebody who's more holistic, like a naturopath or a chiropractor to help you or somebody that is... I, you know, I'm sure there's, there are medical doctors that are more holistic based and knowledgeable, but you know, I don't know exactly where to find them, but it takes, you know, a lot. I mean, you have to do do your own research. Yeah. And you have to also um, trust your body and listen to it. And if something feels bad that you're eating, maybe you need to listen to that. Maybe that's just not a good food for you. We have to really trust our body. Our bodies are very smart, and they know how to heal, and we have an intuitive sense that we've not been told not to trust by, you know, society. But it's important to get back and kind of tune into ourselves and learn about how we can care for our ourselves better through knowledge. And you know, I have a ton of um, links here of great. Uh, websites, because the mainstream media is censoring important information and people that want you to to want to share it, because really um, they're very linked with the big corporations and the big corporations don't care about you. They care about money and power. If it's going to make you well and you're not going to be spending money, they don't want you to know about it. (laughs) I'm sorry to say I'm sure a lot of you guys know that already. That are on this, but that's a fact.
0: Yeah. So, how do you define well health and wellness? Like, how do you define mm-hmm. it? Like for you, and and what's your inspiration in supporting people in in connecting to their health and wellness?
1: Mm, so, I think health is really you know having vibrant, um, you know having energy being able to sleep deeply and feeling excited about life, um, not living in fear, being, feeling responsible for yourself, um, and trusting that you can, you know, figure this out or find people that can help you. And I think, um, having faith in a higher power and being able to connect with that power, because we You know, when we have a higher power or believe in something bigger than ourselves, like God, let's say, um, we don't have to put our faith in establishments that may not be, you know, caring for us properly, like our doctors or the FDA or the CDC or things like that. Um, So and your book shows in your book uh, helps
0: how hold on. Sorry about that. I had four <laughs> questions land in my brain all at the same time. So, your in your book, you because you mentioned following your intuition and trusting your own body, and your book, "The Miracle Within," really helps guide people through that system. Can you share a little bit about that process um, and how you came to develop that, and
1: what inspired yes. you to write the
0: book? Yeah.
1: Well, I always wanted to write a book. And then a guy that works with chiropractors just came one day, he just reached out to me um, that he was a chiropractor is one. And, um, and he became a publisher for chiropractors. And so I um, was really excited because I felt like my patients really didn't know anything about health. And for me to sit there and explain it to each patient or to do videos or whatever would take forever. So this book, has chapters in it that I think um were most needed at the time that I wrote the book and some of the things and that I would teach my patients but this way I could just say, oh I'll go to this chapter and read about that and then we can talk about it on your next visit versus me sitting there and taking all this time to explain it so I have a chapter on essential oils I raise my children on essential oils instead of medicine um well, we did homeopathy too and chiropractic and you know. Things like that, but essential oils are very powerful. They're plant oils that are the strongest part of the plant, and um, they are. You can treat them as medicine. So, um, and it's very empowering to know how to use them and to use them for all these health issues that you might be using other things for because there's no dangerous side effects with that. With essential oils, um, I have one on raising healthy. Kids naturally, I have um, because I see all these sick kids now, and it's really upsetting. And I mean, doing chiropractic now for thirty—this is my thirty-sixth year—and just the health of young people has declined more and more every year, and it breaks my heart. So I think parents need to learn these things. So that one was for them. Um, I have a chapter on fertility. I'm noticing because I was noticing that people were having a lot of trouble getting pregnant. So um yes, that that's a really good chapter. What else do am I ch- I'm trying to find I have the book somewhere. Um I have one on my health journey. Uh what are some other ones? I know Paleo. The Tell paleo. Tell us a little bit about your health journey and the intermittent fasting. Will Um, you share
0: with the, with the community a little bit about your health journey and like what, what your inspirations are, like some, some challenges that you,
1: that you overcame? Yeah. Um, I mean, I personally didn't really have, um, well, my journey really to become a chiropractor, I told you that it was really my mom who, because of her illness, got me into the field, um and i think more than anything i've helped other people with their health but now i think um a big thing that i'm seeing is the mental health decline um personally not for me but for i think the younger generations um are really struggling with that and the amount of meds that these young people are on it, it it breaks my heart, honestly. Do
0: you think it's related to 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 food and nutrition, the mental health?
1: Yeah, I think challenges? a lot of it is because if you're not if you're on a um a vegan diet, you're you know you're missing out on all those, those B vitamins which help your nervous system to calm it down. Um, but also they are on social media and on their phones twenty four seven. And that's and instead of, you know, doing things outside and connecting with other kids, a lot of the youth are now um, isolating because they think they're getting everything they need from their phones or from texting or or things like that. Right. They're not learning how to do basic things like, you know, cooking. Thank you, (laughs) Erin. Um, And, you know, they're eating a lot of processed foods. And um, I think, you know, getting connected with even community and even a religious um, community is a good thing. Um, They basically were raised on their phones and it's a big problem. And I think it's almost feels normal for them to be. It almost feels weird when they're not on meds because all their friends are on at least one psych. Med. I know my daughter, when she was in college, she told me that there is she's the only one that wasn't on a psych med in college. And, you know, these are kids in their, you know, late teens, early 20s. So it almost feels like it's normal to go on these, but there are these meds change the structure of the brain. And, um, you know, and, and there's a huge addiction factor with those. So. And then let's say the cost of meds goes up and now I see that's happening. They're raising the cost of medication and then you have, you're addicted to this medication. So how are you going to function? That's, it's a problem. Um, So I, that's why that's where the community comes in and, you know, being connected with friends and family and taking time to get off your phone and nature, I think connecting with nature, for me that, okay, you asked me about my health. Yeah, moving up to Vermont really helped me because nature is, you know, our home. And some people never even get to see a tree or a leaf because they live in cities. And, you know, even just grounding something that or earthing, it's I'm learning about that now we literally need the earth to help, um, our cells, the electrons from the earth are needed to balance our energetic body and our cellular structures. And when we're not getting it, then we are literally deficient of that, of the minerals of the earth. So there's a lot, but I think, for me personally, my health journey right now, what helped me the most was getting closer to nature by being in a more rural place. And I don't think you. I'm need- hearing mm-hmm. fresh
0: air, sunshine, yeah. and a lot of movement, like, cause, right? Sounds like you're outside moving a lot.
1: Yeah. But at the end of the day, you don't really need a lot of land. I mean, you could be just growing like herbal, um, you know, like um, herbs in an herb garden, just touching earth and growing things and then having the joy of eating them like, you know, peppermint, let's say, or basil. I mean, that's what I did in Jersey when I didn't have any property. And I got such joy out of just, you know, making my own salad dressing from the herbs I grew or making teas or using them in my food, those herbs. I think, you know, anyone can do some kind of connecting to the earth in that way and get a lot of satisfaction and health from it. But, you know, you also need to think about what kind of seeds are you using? Are they organic seeds? Or are they genetically modified seeds? You know, and even with vegetables, you know, buying organic is really important because of all the genetic modification they're doing to, um, to vegetables and and fruits. And now with the AP, that they're putting on the um, thank you, Bill Gates for for that wonderful product that has you know health issues connected with it. Um, it's not easy; it's really hard. What to is that that
0: you just? I'm not familiar um, with that. What are you What are you
1: talking about? This? Um, a peel. It's this product that Bill Gates created that is, um, basically, coats all the the fruits. And you can even say it's organic and it could be on the fruit. So you need to find places that will that will not carry the APL brand. And also that's another reason why you always want to get as local as possible fruits and vegetables because these are these APL um products. You can look it up APE. E L, um, there's they have health um consequences, bad health consequences. So attack. what is this? So this is something that coats the produce? Yeah, they, they coat the produce to make it last longer. But oh, at the okay. end of the day, um, you know, you're eating old food because you, you don't realize that it's, you know, been coated with this thing, and then you're eating that coating, which is um, their chemicals. I think they're, I forget, I think there's heavy metals in them. I, I don't remember exactly, but I just know that they're toxic. And the more sick you are, the more dollar signs um, the big corporations see in you and they want that. They don't really want you to be healthy or self-sustained so keep that in mind and know that you have to be your own health advocate at the end of the day, and you can do it. And you know that's why you want good community. Join, um, you know, groups, local groups that are more health focused, like a Western A. Price chapter. I think that is like I, honestly, I feel like that is the best thing to do. There's also children's health defense chapters that are local, and there that's a great resource as well. Um, I don't know. Do you want me to share that link, or am I all over the place here?
0: No, you're good. He's well. While Areeb gets set up, um, there's a question in there. Someone was since we're talking about health and nutrition. There's um, a question about supplements. Like, what is your? When do you? um, Are supplements something that we need, or? Yeah, share with us your perspective on
1: supplements. I do think that um, it's hard to get everything from our food because our soil has been so depleted. So we're not, we're gonna be missing out on a lot of nutrients and and sometimes we do need to use supplements. Um, Minerals are really important because um, minerals are like, so literally everything in our body needs minerals and a lot of the soil is depleted of minerals. So um, one of my favorite companies is Standard Process, because they use whole food in their supplements. Um, I'm sure there's other good companies as well. And, um, you know, you need to work with someone that knows nutrition and, you know, looking at your blood work by a holistic person, you could probably find that if you're deficient in certain things things and also just by what food you're eating like keeping a food diary and having someone look at it and see you know see if you're having a more balanced diet and getting all the nutrients you need through that or if you're just eating like a few foods every day chances are you are going to be deficient and you will definitely want to supplement with supplements that's why they're called supplements so you shouldn't be getting all your nutrition from supplements but um I think you would benefit by getting by getting some supplements and it is challenging and hard, but I personally like whole food supplements and there's other companies, mega foods, I think makes whole food supplements. So you can find whole food supplements for sure. And I like them the best.
0: Yeah. And how do you um, support your patients in navigating the plethora of information? It sounds like you have um, been studying this for a number of years and that there's a, a lot of, As you've been sharing, there are some that you have shared some um, some conventions that have been shifted, some ideas. So, how do you help support your uh, patients in navigating this, and how would you support our listeners in being able to discern all of the, you know, navigate through all the info?
1: Well, um, as I said, the WestonAPrice.org is a great resource. Um, If you're looking for information about everything, like the most diverse website, I would say is childrenshealthdefense.org, which was just up. It's a fantastic website. They have all the things from finance to food to pharma, um, just everything in there. And that you should have on your favorites tab. Uh, Some other things, I like, for information, um, the Solari report, but also Solari has a program, a free program on CHD called Financial Rebellion. I think we all need to be aware of what's going on with the financial system in our country because it's a little bit scary. I love the the highwire, thehighwire.com. It's got so much great information. Um, The thing that, the problem is a lot of, all of, our mainstream media is being censored. So I'm giving you websites that are not, that don't care, that are completely free speech. They're not worried about being censored and therefore they're telling you the truth. And I think in this day and age, people don't trust anything or anyone and you need to have sources of of information that you can trust. So I gave you a few and I could give you more. Um, Do you want more or do you think you have enough?
0: Oh that's good. They're they're in the chat. And then do you okay. have there's a question in the chat about a recipe
1: book that you can recommend. Oh. Um so Sally do You have Yeah. Are there I, recipes in your book? Um no there aren't, but this is the book that Sally Fallon wrote her very first book. It's called Nourishing Traditions and that's based on the Weston A Price um the, the dentist and you just having that one book, you will really get a great head start on getting better food in you and learning about nutrition. I would go all the way with that book. Definitely get that book. Uh, Sally Fallon also is the founder of the Weston A. Price organization. So you're helping her and she's one of the most incredible people. I'm very grateful to have her in the world. That's great. She's
0: a terrific resource and we are coming up. Oh my gosh. It's our time is almost over already. This went so fast. Uh, We are wondering if you can give us a sneak peek into any upcoming projects that you've got going on.
1: Well, there's the North American Organic Farming Association, the NOFA conference in Vermont coming up. I will be tabling for nourishing i'm sorry for the weston a price organization and that's a great place it's all on uh, north america they have one in all the different states it's, it's called nofa um you can learn a lot about farming and about homesteading um what else we're having i'm having a chapter meeting coming up in february if you live in Vermont, I would love to have you join us. It's in person. It's a potluck. We do tons of potlucks in Vermont. They're lots of fun, and we get to share really healthy food and and just com- great conversation and we always go over the journal the the um quarterly journal at our meetings. um We're trying to put together a children's health defense Vermont um chapter event at the Meadowsby Farm. I just found out that we're going to be doing something. So I have to come up if anyone has any ideas, but we're going to do something great there. And, you know, we have an election coming up, but I won't talk about it, but I am supporting that candidate. So I'm very busy with that. And, um, yeah, I don't have any... Other specific things, just homesteading, organizing my house because it's winter and that's what uh, Vermonters do in the winter. They try to organize and get because once the spring hits, we are busy out there because we have a very short growing season, Um, doing everything we can to grow food and get out and have some fun in nature. So,
0: Well, it sounds like you are having a terrific time connecting community, connecting neighbors to neighbors. And farmers to uh, purchasers, to people who who will purchase their food. Um, I'm a little um, reticent to use the word consumer because it's like local farmers have such a relationship with their with their community. Um it's really what is your what is your opinion on that? What is your sense? And I mean, experience. Consumer-
1: We are all consumers. Even farmers are consumers. There's nothing wrong with the word consumer. And there's actually an organization called Farm to Consumer Defense Fund, which is actually that's the law um, organization that supports farmers through Weston A. Price. And they send out, you know, they're trying to take the farms down in um, in the world. They're trying to to get farms to shut down so they can control the food. And You're talking um, about the
0: small farmers specifically?
1: Yeah, but yes, I mean, not just small, but those that are doing good farming practices, you know, sustainable and regenerative farming practices. So consumer is, we're all consumers and that's okay. And we just all have to support our farmers so that we can count and rely on having healthy food and supporting them and they're supporting us. And we don't have to worry about the government trying to take away the good food that we need to thrive on. So, yes. Thank you, Vicki. <laughs> and,
0: and finally, this has been really a fun hour and it's been super informative. Everyone has a great list of resources. I'm so happy to be able to in- introduce you to the Economic Action Team community. And uh, as we come to the top of the hour, finally, I would just like to ask you what you hope our listeners take away from this talk. What uh, if there's yeah. any yeah
1: thank you. I would love to just tell you every one of you that you are strong, you are smart, you know how to heal. There's nothing to fear. Um connect with your community. Get on these websites and put your faith in your higher power. And um ask for help. No man is an island. We all need each other. Okay. So um you can do it, you know, and don't and again, just don't put all your just know that you are a strong and smart person and you don't have to do what you're told necessarily. You need to do what's best for you. And what's best for you may not be what's best for everybody else, because they're all unique. So I hope that was a good thank help you.
0: That is a super way to end this podcast. Thank you so much to the EAT community. Thank you to the attendees who joined us today live. Uh, everyone, you can okay. uh, know, learn about the EAT community, which we can find here on the, at this website, theeatcommunity.com. We have a ton of classes and uh, online workshops that you can do uh, in your own pace, talking about health, uh, regenerative farming. And uh, we talk with uh, ecopreneurs. We talk with humanitarians. We are a whole world, whole life uh, community. So we love to he- hear your questions. We're so glad you joined us today. And we look forward to you joining us next time. Vicki, thank you so much for being here with us and thank you Arib everyone and mark and aaron the e- team thank you very much too
1: thank you and i think you're doing great things with the e community and i'd love to come back and and help in the future all right oh we would love thanks to have you, you back all right yeah. thanks everyone
0: right. hey everybody i bet you enjoyed that immensely